In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I should add a warm welcome to college students who are home for spring break. It's good to see your faces. Now, in case you have not yet seen Return of the Jedi, I have a spoiler. Nobody laughed at the 5 o'clock mass last night. At the end of the movie, uh, our heroes having been victorious, uh, and some having fallen in battle, Luke Skywalker takes a break from the celebration and sees and almost interacts with um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, his father, Darth Vader, and, um, and Yoda. And uh, it's somewhat mysterious. It raises questions, of course, because obviously Anakin is healed, right? He's no longer disfigured, but Yoda is still shriveled and short, and that just defies explanation. That is not the perfected Yoda. So, um, nevertheless, the vision is one of um, of victory. Um, to a degree, it 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 conveys hope, um, because even in the midst, uh, even in the face of death, there will be life later on. Now we all know that this isn't really a Christian. Um, story. We used to call it a trilogy until it became um, something else. But the vision that Peter, James, and John had at the end of this extraordinary hike up Mount Tabor, uh, which would have left them delirious, especially if it was warm, um, is, is entirely different uh, with only a few similarities. Here are these three great figures, but one of them is fully alive. And it's not meant to convey uh, a message of, of victory having been won, but it's given them as a preparation for the terrible tragedy that they will have to endure. It's given them so that they will persevere through the horror of the Paschal mystery of our Lord's arrest and trial and torture and crucifixion and death. It's meant for these three who are not permitted to speak of it until after all of those things have happened so that they will not end up like Judas. Even at the Last Supper, our Lord speaks to Peter about how the Lord has uh, allowed him to be sifted like wheat, right, at the evil one's request, but that Peter will enjoy the prayers of our Lord. The Lord will tell him, I will pray for you, and after all of this has happened, you will confirm the brethren. Not only has our Lord prayed for Peter, but he even prepared him by these experiences, and most especially this astounding scene of the transfiguration. And consider what, what the alternative is 
if Peter, if Peter, James, and John, no less, fall victim to despair, they may end up like the betrayer and beyond the point of no return. And so the transfiguration serves a a critical role in the unfolding and in the preparation of our of our Lord to to allow to allow the hour to come to pass. Others must be ready. And so on on our first reading of it, we, we take comfort in knowing that our Lord, our, our Lord understands that we will suffer, and he doesn't want us to suffer so much that we give up. He wants us all to have a glimpse of his glory. And if we have a prayer life and a sacramental life, I dare say we've had, we've had at least one or two glimpses of of something truly, truly mystical that we can remember for the rest of our lives. Or at least through the next difficult stretch. And yet something truly profound is happening at the same time. Because as much as the transfiguration was given to Peter, James, and John, for what they will experience before the story is complete. For those of us who know about it after the fact, it reveals even that much more. It reveals the glory of Christ's divinity. Whereas for Peter, James, and John, it showed Christ is the summation of all of history up until this point, the law and the prophets and Christ. He is the Messiah. Of that, they have no doubt. His divinity, they may have an inkling, but they wouldn't even know how to speak of that because he, they know he's not God the Father. For us who see it after the fact, we see, of course, this is, <clears throat> this is the Trinity exposed for us. The voice of God the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Couldn't have been more obvious, so we think. This beautiful event is as meaningful for us after the fact as it was for them at the moment. But there's a tie between the two that I suggest to your meditation. If somehow the mystery of the Trinity had been communicated to the apostles beforehand. If Peter, James, and John and the rest had been convinced, absolutely convinced, before our Lord's crucifixion, that he is God, without a doubt, how much more devastating would it have been for them to know of his death let alone to see it.
What is absolutely clear and what they must know is that this is the beloved Son of God the Father. It's already devastating enough to know that the Messiah has been killed. But at the very least, they know, they heard the words, this is the beloved Son of God the Father. God is still in charge. God has not been defeated. And even more amazingly, will they realize, as, as all of this comes clear with the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is God, God the Son, the only begotten Son of the Father, the second person of the Holy Trinity, who has existed from all time, who didn't come into existence at his incarnation and birth, but has always existed and came into the world and fully became man, and died. And conquered death in his death. How beautiful. And so we, we need to continue to go back to Mount Tabor over and over again. That that, that mystical experience you've had or those mystical experiences that you've had, revisit them. Like, you know, like flowers that you smell more than once. They may very well reveal more than they did when they were first given you. On Mount Tabor, Peter, James, and John saw... A glimpse of the glory of heaven. And at one of the same time, we see the glory of our Lord's divinity and the glory of what God has created in humanity. We see a glimpse of our hope. We see a glimpse of our future where man and God are so perfectly united that one is actually made higher than the angels. So we beg the Lord to give us, to give us hope in our suffering and our trials. And we thank him for preparing us for them and accompanying us through them. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.